0: have the opportunity to speak to you again thank you so much for joining us we're actually beginning a new series this week that we're going to be looking at for the eight weeks and we're going to be looking at the Apostles Creed which is and it's it's not found in the Bible but it was a, a Creed that was drawn up they think by the early church to just kind of cement what they believe and this is what the Apostles Creed says I believe in God the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified dead and buried he descended to hell the third day he rose again from the dead he ascended to heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father Almighty, from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. You know, the Apostles' Creed is one of the oldest creeds. It, it was, and probably in some settings, still is used as something people would say uh, before being baptized. And what the Apostles' Creed helps us with is, is, is two things it's formative and it's corrective. It helps us to, to form our beliefs, but also helps us correct them if we go off. Track And and what the creed helps us do, it helps us clarify what we believe and it it helps us clarify what does the, the Bible say about certain things. One speaker put it this way, he said that it helps us to measure our theological temperature. I don't know if you know this, but the Lifeway Group is a research group in America, and they conducted a survey of American Christians last year. And and they discovered that most American Christians can't actually articulate what they believe. Now, this was American Christian who professed to be Christians and they couldn't actually articulate what it was. They believed and they dug a little deeper and these were their words that there were significant confusion regarding the fundamentals of the Christian faith. The survey revealed that most American Christians don't actually believe Jesus is God. Uh, less than half American Christians believe that the Bible is the word of God or believe that it's true. And the reality is if we don't get our foundation right, if we don't base ourselves on something solid, then we can allow our views and and our theology to slip and get derailed. And if we're not certain about what we believe, we also run the risk of blending it with other worldviews, and we mix it with different philosophies and we start to stretch what the Bible says. We put things into the Bible that aren't there or we start to try to take out things that the Bible always intended to be in there. And in times of uncertainty, the Apostles' Creed gives us clarity. It gives us something to be certain of. It tells us what we believe, what we stand on. And it draws us into the light of the Word of God. Now the creed is not the Word of God, the creed is not the Bible, but what it does, it reflects what the Word of God says. It draws us into what the Bible says. So we're not going to preach the creed, we are going to preach the Bible, and I'm going to throw a lot of Bible at you today, and I don't apologize for that. What I want us to do is get into our Bibles, and I'm hoping that with these next eight weeks we're going to be looking at, okay, what does the Bible say about what we believe? So we're going to start with this first line, the very first line of the creed, God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And I want to break it down and split this one line into three parts and start with God the Father. And the language here is intentional. It's not I believe in God and then there's a comma or a gap or an extra bit that says I believe in God who is the Father. The phrase is simple. I believe in God the Father. It's part of who God is. It is, it is wrapped in his identity. You know God is not some distant deity. God is involved. He's involved and he's interested in every part of our lives. David says in the Psalms, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord God is involved. A shepherd can't be a good shepherd and not be involved or distant in the caring of his sheep. In another Psalm, David says, you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You see me when I travel and when I rest. You know what I'm going to say before I say it. Now that sounds to me like a father who knows his children. Psalm 68 says that God is father to the fatherless. He's the defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. He places the poor in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. You know, when the disciples are with Jesus and they say to Jesus, Jesus, how do we pray? Teach us to pray like you do. Jesus tells them to start with these words. He doesn't say start with dear God, but he says start with our father. After Jesus died and was resurrected, he gives a message to Mary to go and find the disciples and tell them this, that Jesus was ascending to his father and to your father or their father to my god and to your god god is our father paul would later say in romans that you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves instead you received god's spirit when he adopted you as his own children now we call him abba father for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are his children And since we're his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs to God's glory. God is our father. And I could talk about the father heart of God and how the Bible, all through the Bible, gives us the characteristics and demonstrates the qualities of God as a father. But I want to move on to the next part that says this. I believe in God, the father, all Mighty, There's a daily Jewish prayer, it's known as the Shema, and uh, a Jewish person would say this twice a day and they would recite these words that come from Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, our God is one. Uh, a more modern translation puts it this way. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And by praying this prayer, the Jewish people, are, they're affirming every day that there is only God and he is God without equal, without competition. There is no other God. In Isaiah 45, God says, I am the Lord. There is no other God. But not only is he God, the Bible tells us he's all powerful. Another word for that is we call it omnipotent. He's an all powerful God. God, He actually has the power to create anything and everything. The Bible tells us that when he speaks, things happen. Psalm 33 says the Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. The psalmist goes on to say when God spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. I don't know if you remember the words of Mary when she was in the Christmas story. She's visited by an angel, this 13 year old virgin girl, and the angel says to her, You are pregnant. You are pregnant with the Son of God. And and Mary says nothing is impossible with God. She doesn't doubt. She doesn't question. She just says nothing is impossible. In his own life, Jesus said himself that with God, all things are possible. And in the book of Jeremiah, God himself asks the people, is there anything too hard for me? But the best thing about it is this all powerful, omnipotent, omniscient, uh, omnipresent God personally cares for us. He's God, the Father almighty. Paul says, if God is for us, who can be against us? He goes on to say that I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither death, angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. A God who is so strong, even in love, that nothing can tear us away from that love, from the Father heart of God. So the Creed teaches us that we have an infinitely powerful, but intensely personal Father, who is also the creator of heaven and earth. Genesis tells us this, that in the beginning, God. And John's Gospel says, in the beginning, the Word, that's Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. God created everything through him. From before the beginning of time, God and Jesus were there and together they created the universe. And can I just say, whether you read Genesis or, as a literal or a figurative narrative, whether you think it's prose or whether you think it's poetry, whether you believe the Earth is 6,000 years old or 16 billion, whether you believe in, in evolution or the Big Bang, do you know, the Bible tells us that however we might think it all happened, that, that one thing remains. In the beginning, before there was anything, before there was time, in the beginning there was god you know scientists will tell you that the big bang apparently came from two molecules that that miraculously smashed into each other and that's what created our universe and underneath switzerland they've they've dug a 17 mile tunnel and for the last 20 years they've been firing particles Around this 17 mile tunnel at, at incredibly high speeds, getting them to smash into each other, to try to work out how the universe was created. Do you know they've termed the thing they're looking for as the God particle? But if they're looking for something tangible, if they're looking for something they can see, well, I'd suggest they start with Jesus. Colossians says that Christ is the visible image of the invisible god he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation for through him god created everything he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together there's a guy called francis collins who currently works for the world health organization and he's leading a global Effort in, in research uh, on the COVID, uh, the coronavirus pandemic. But, but Francis Collins is also the founder of an organization called the, the Human Genome Project. And it's a project that maps the DNA of humans. And during a study, he was challenged by a woman who he was working with to use all his scientific knowledge, all his mathematical knowledge, all his know-how to go away and, and scientifically disprove the existence of God well you know what he became a Christian he gave his life to God because he said he just couldn't get away from the evidence and when we look at creation when we look at the variety of species and colors and sounds it it points us to a creator the, the Bible says it reveals the divine Psalm 19 verse 1 says the heavens declare the glory of God. Paul says in Romans, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. You know, like most of you, I'm sure uh, you've had the opportunity to, to fly to a different country and, and be on a plane. And I'm, I've had that opportunity to fly to different countries, whether it's on holiday, whether it's on a mission trip or whether I'm flying out to lead worship at a, at a conference somewhere. I, I, what gets me every time I fly is it gives me a chance to... When we're, when we're 30,000 feet above the ground, it gives me a chance to look down and, and see the awesomeness and the vastness of God. You know, I look down at oceans and lakes and cities and forests and desert. And it gives me that opportunity sometimes to just re-appreciate the hugeness of God and the creative power that he has. But it's not just our world. It's not just our Planet. There are actually there are billions of stars and galaxies out there and you know, the Bible tells us God created all of them. But I want to show you one galaxy if that's okay. And this is a whirlpool galaxy. It's 31 million light years away from us. There are billions and billions of stars and it looks amazing. But I want you to see what's in the middle of this galaxy. And this is what NASA sees when they look at the middle of this galaxy. From 31 million miles away, God tells us, I love you. I place this here as a sign of my infinite, unfathomable love. That that as NASA were looking at the stars and looking for the answers to the universe, God plants a cross, the symbol of his love, and says, here I am. And it reminds me of where God says to Isaiah, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to people who were not asking for me. You know, and it's almost as if God is saying to these scientists, you're looking for something else. You're looking for an answer. But here I am. Now, that's the vastness of God. That's the hugeness of God. And I love that image, but I want to go the other way because I said God was a father. I said that God was personal. I said that God was intimate. So I want to bring it back down from the universe to you. You know, in your eye, you have one million optic nerves and there's a million optic nerve endings that come from your brain. And when a baby has been in the womb for five months, those one million optic nerves from the brain, they reach out to find their matching nerve out of the one million optic nerves coming from your eye. One million searching for one in a million, and they have to meet and match their exact partner. And when they found their exact partner out of a million, and when they match together, in that instant, you have sight. You know, still the most technologically advanced thing on planet Earth is your eye. And to protect it, God gave you eyelids and they won't open for another month. Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. David says this in Psalm 139, he's writing to God. He says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together. You watched as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was being woven together in the dark of the womb. He goes on to say, how precious are your thoughts about me. They cannot be numbered. But deeper than your features, deeper than your organs, deeper than your nervous system. I want to show you a tiny molecule. I want to take you even deeper. And this is a tiny molecule called laminin and it's a cell adhesion molecule. It's the molecule that that holds everything together. It holds all your billions of cells together, this tiny molecule. And this is a scientific diagram of the very thing that holds your body together. And here's what it actually looks like in your body. You know, the stuff that holds our bodies together, that holds our organs together, is in the shape of the cross. To get back to what Peter said, he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. You know, we used to sing an old song in Sunday school and it goes like this, Jesus' love is very wonderful. And then the next bit says it's so high you can't get over it, so low you can't get under it, so wide you can't get round it. Oh, wonderful love. You know, God displays his love so high that he plants it in the middle of a galaxy millions of miles away. He displays a love so wide in the creation of the world, And he displays a love so deep that it's found in the very molecule that holds us together. Psalm 33 says this, The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne he observes all who live in the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. The Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Can I encourage your faith this morning that God is almighty. He is all powerful he created everything we see but he's infinitely powerful and intimately close he's a father and some of you might be watching this morning and thinking well how can God be my father well well, just like the story of the prodigal son the prodigal son runs away from his father and there's a moment where the prodigal son he, he comes to his senses and he says I need to go home The Bible says that our sins, all all our wrong actions and all our wrong thoughts, they've separated us from God. But but just like the father in the story of the prodigal son, God stands at the, the edge of the field. He's looking, he's searching for his children to come home and he's not looking to punish them, but he's looking to lavish his love on them and to restore them to their rightful place in his family. And if you're not a Christian, I'd love to give you that opportunity to place your trust, to place your belief in God and and start a new life empowered and strengthened by an almighty and an ever loving God. So I'm going to pray a short prayer. And if you want to make that commitment today to say, "Okay, I'm in, I believe in this God, then why don't you say this prayer with me? Father God, I thank you that you are God Almighty, you are a Father, you are the creator of heaven and earth. I thank you that you love me so much, you display it in all creation. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus came and died and rose again and paid for my sins. I repent of my sins. I turn my life around to follow you, my God. God, would you guide me by your Holy Spirit to live a life that reflects your love. Thank you, God. Amen. You know, we're just going to finish off this morning. But if you prayed that prayer, then we'd love to hear from you. Do send us a message. We'd love to get in touch. We'd love to uh, send you some stuff to help you on your journey and also to pray for you. But what I want to do this morning is I'd love us to read this creed together. So wherever you are, why don't you join me in saying this together as just an affirmation of our faith this morning. I believe in God, the Father almighty, creator of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ his only son our lord who was conceived by the holy spirit born of the virgin mary suffered under pontius pilate was crucified dead and buried he descended to hell the third day he rose again from the dead he ascended to heaven and sits on the right hand of the father almighty from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen.